The following podcast contains adult material. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This content is not safe for work. If you are a pearl clutcher, a prude, or a pious type, just don't listen. You're listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. I am your host, Laura Coronado. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to There Are No Nice Guys, and this is episode 37 of season 5, and Today, I'm going to talk to you about when nice guys go bad. One of my favorite songs, and I'm totally aging myself, is Madonna's Live to Tell because it begins with the lyrics, I have a tale to tell. Well, my friends, I have a tale to tell. It's the story of a nice guy who went bad. In fact, he may have always been bad. That's the conclusion I've come to. And this tale isn't just my tale to tell. In fact, a big chunk of this story belongs to a woman whom I'll call Amanda. Well, Amanda went MIA on me, so I'll just have to share her side of the story on her behalf. You might think I don't have a right to do that, but I would argue that she voluntarily shared her story with me. It's not as though I coerced her into sharing. Two, she kind of pulled me into her storyline, so that alone gives me a right. Lastly, I'm keeping her anonymous. Las Vegas is a small town, but I plan to share this story in such a way that no one will ever know who I'm talking about. My story begins, however, with a nice guy that I'll call Alex. I'm not sure when I met Alex. It may have been late 2015 or 2016. Maybe it was 2017. What I know and remember for sure is this. We matched on a dating app. I don't really know which one. We had our first and only date on Christmas Eve, which was my idea. Neither of us is religious, and we both had that night available. It just seemed kind of fun and silly. So we spent Christmas Eve bar hopping in downtown Las Vegas and getting drunk. Then we returned back to my place, where we watched the movie Krampus and made out a little. That's it. There was no second date. Alex is a good-looking guy, but I'm just not attracted to him. He doesn't turn me on. He kind of reminds me of my ex-husband, and I'm just not attracted to men like that anymore. Alex and I remained friends, and we kept in touch on Facebook. He seemed like a nice guy. When I rejected seeing him again and told him that I'm not attracted to him, He took it well. I mean, he didn't pitch a fit. He didn't call me names. He handled the situation like a mature adult. And on our date, 
He was never inappropriate or disrespectful. He was polite, friendly, and funny. I enjoyed his company, and frankly, I became an Alex fan. Alex is a musician, but he's a very specific type of musician that makes him a little different than other working musicians in Las Vegas. In fact, if I told you the specifics of his talent, everyone in Las Vegas would be like, oh, I know who Alex is, so I'm not going to mention it. But his occupation made him so interesting to me, and it's made me root for him. Seriously, for years, I have been an Alex fan. But we never hung out after that one day. Years went by, and we just continued to simply be Facebook friends. Until this year, when my therapist suggested I make friends with single straight men. Nice ones. You know, to counteract the bad attitude I used to have about men. I talked about that on my podcast last year, last season, season four, and how having this bad attitude was ruining my dating life. I mean, I even took a break from dating. So my therapist was like, don't you know any nice man you could have platonic relationships with? Men who are nice and respectful and make you feel safe to be around them? Well, I only knew one. That was Alex. I told her about him and she suggested I get in touch with him. I did. I invited him out for brunch and he agreed. And we had a nice time. And just like before, he was polite. He was respectful. He was friendly. Alex was a nice guy. Or at least I thought he was. Alex told me he and two other musicians had just started a hard rock band and they landed their first gig. He was excited and had every reason to be. His gig was part of a billing that included a handful of popular hard rock and heavy metal bands. And the venue where the show was happening was a local hotspot. I wanted to be supportive and kick off a long-term platonic friendship with Alex. So I bought a ticket from him and I went to the show. Do you say fuck a lot? Then you'll love Slightly Unfiltered. They make sweary stuff for people who say fuck a lot, including coffee mugs with an attitude. Go to slightlyunfiltered.com to learn more. Get free shipping on your first order when you use the promo code no nice guys. Let's get back to the podcast. Once I'm at the show, I realize I'm totally out of my element here. While the venue is a classy joint, the show attendees were the Harley Davidson motorcycle gang types. I mean, I don't really know that these people were actually in motorcycle gangs but they looked and acted the type. I mean, they were like rowdy and rough and frankly, I was scared as fuck. I knew these were hard rock and heavy metal bands that I was about to see. So I wore black and I wore even wore my motorcycle boots. But I mean, let's be frank, my motorcycle boots are Carl Lagerfeld, <laughs> embellished with pearls and gold studs. I mean, I was like, phony, bougie motorcycle chick. It stood out like a sore thumb. It was hilarious. But while there, I was feeling uncomfortable and 
you know, I was committed to staying at least through Alex's set. So I just found a little area against the wall where like no one was standing and just kept my fingers crossed that I would go unnoticed by this rough crowd. But that didn't work out for me. I was noticed. But I was noticed by this really beautiful woman who decided she needed to stand like right near me. Now, she was beautiful, like I said, but she's also like bigger than me and just a bit intimidating. And I was like, fuck, this bitch wants to kick my ass. That was Amanda, the woman I mentioned earlier. She walked away, but then she came back. And this time she spoke to me. She said, I thought the show was supposed to start at seven. So I say to her, you know, Vegas, everything always begins late. I'm thinking maybe she wants to be friendly, so I give it a try. What band are you here to see? And she names Alex's band. Me too, I exclaim, like thinking this means she's not going to kick my ass now. We can be friends. I'm friends with Alex and the band. And she says, yeah, I'm here for Alex. And she worded it that way. Like to me, that meant they're together, they're dating. There's some kind of connection going on between her and Alex. But I was excited because this woman was fucking hot. Alex isn't. I said he's a good looking guy, but he's not sexy. He's not hot. This woman is totally out of his league. So I ask her, how do you know Alex? Hoping she's going to say that they're dating, but instead she just kind of smirks at me. But I knew what that smirk meant. Now, I want her to know that I'm not a threat, that like I'm happy they're dating. So I say, oh my God, that makes me so happy. I didn't know he was dating anyone. I'm so happy for him. You're so gorgeous. Then I pause and say, he and I are just friends. I'm just here to support him. And that's when Amanda noticed Alex across the room. There he is. Want to go over with me and say hi, she asked. I enthusiastically agreed. Not only do I want Alex to see that I'm there to support him and his band, but I also support him dating this gorgeous woman. So Amanda and I walk over to greet Alex, but then he suddenly seems uncomfortable. And I was surprised. He hugs her first. And later that evening, Amanda told me that when he hugged her, he said in her ear, I'm not dating her. Her, meaning me. When he hugged me, all he said was, thanks for coming. So the show starts, and Amanda and I spent that time together. There were two bands that played before Alex's, and that gave Amanda and me enough time to get to know one another. But really, mostly, it gave Amanda enough time to interrogate me. She asked how Alex and I met, and I reluctantly told her that we did have one date, But I also explained that it never went anywhere and we've only been friendly acquaintances this whole time. But she just pressed for more information. Who was I dating? Well, I lied and I said I was on a break from dating. I mean, I had been on a break, but then I did meet someone and I was just at a point where I didn't want to share that information with people I just met. She wanted to know if I'd been married before. She wanted to know about my divorce. You know, what did I do during my free time? And I told her about this podcast. And she was like, it sounds like something I need to listen to and learn from. Amanda herself was newly divorced. And I think, not positive, 
But I think Alex is like the first guy she started seeing after her divorce. See, that's important to note. Because there's always that one first guy you start seeing after divorce and that dude becomes important to you. I think Alex was that for Amanda. When Amanda felt satisfied with my answers, she finally fessed up. I'm sorry to be asking you so many questions, she says. But I just want to know if the guy I'm having sex with is having sex with you. So I insisted there is nothing going on between Alex and I, and my sincerity finally convinces her. But now I have to impress on her. I ask her, you know, if she and Alex are seeing one another, why is she so paranoid? And that's when I learned that Alex just isn't who I thought he was. For the past two years, Alex had been using Amanda. She described it as though they were seeing each other off and on. But it was a typical scenario of a man using a woman for sex. I mean, I knew that. I could see that. I've been divorced and single and dating a while. I'm a pro at this. I know all the signs. Amanda, though, she's new to the scene. From her perspective, they are just dating off and on. But coming from an expert like myself, I know Alex was just using her. All the signs were there. Sometimes they'd be seeing each other and then he'd suddenly ghost her, only to hit her up later. Sometimes he'd pick a fight out of nowhere so that he'd have a reason to stop seeing her. But then eventually, he'd hit her up again. And when they were together, like to her, it felt like love. They enjoyed each other's company. They got along. She emotionally supported all of his endeavors. She was so confused. Did he want to be with her or not? What was going on? I was honest with her. I said, look, Alex is my friend, and I want to believe he's a nice guy. But from what you're telling me, he's just using you, Amanda. You're fucking gorgeous. You're nice. You're smart. You're a great conversationalist. You don't deserve to get to be given these mixed signals and left feeling confused. You deserve a man who makes you feel important all the time. By this time, Alex's band had completed their set and I wanted the fuck out of there. I'm not a fan of hard rock and I just couldn't wait to get home. Amanda and I parted ways but connected on Facebook before I left. The next day, I did something I shouldn't have, but I think I might have been nudged by the universe to do so. Alex texted me to thank me for going to his show. I gushed about Amanda and gave him unsolicited advice, saying, That's the kind of woman you take on nice dates. Send flowers to and pursue. And you know how Alex replied? Do you know what this nice guy, someone whom I thought was my friend, someone whom I had already rejected, said to me 
He said, What does it take to pursue you, Laura? Motherfucker. The audacity. I was floored. When I relayed the story to the guy I was dating at that time, he told me I shouldn't have been surprised. He told me the nice guy act was that, an act. And Alex had just been waiting this whole time for his chance with me. Maybe he's right. I I think generally speaking, I want to believe, generally speaking, that straight single women and straight single men can be platonic friends. But I also sadly think that that situation doesn't apply to me. Like, I probably will never meet a nice guy to just be friends with. There are no nice guys. I didn't cuss out Alex. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Instead, I was very diplomatic saying, Alex, it sounds like you're interested in me and I don't want to be in the position of hurting my friend's feelings by rejecting him again. If you don't think we can be platonic friends because you feel something more for me, now's a good time for us to end our friendship. He said he's happy just to have me in his life and that he understands. Now, normally when I reject a guy, he throws a big fit. Alex just didn't behave that way. So you can see how I bought into the idea of him being a nice guy, right? At this point, another woman might have notified Amanda of the situation. I chose not to. In fact, it was only a week or so later that I saw on Facebook that Alex had, in fact, taken Amanda out on a date to a hard rock concert. I chose to believe that he realized how lucky he was to have Amanda and he would be focused on her moving forward. Of course that didn't happen. Because there are no nice guys. Not too long later, Amanda messaged me on Facebook. He won't believe this part. Or maybe you will. For some reason, Alex sent Amanda a screenshot of the text message I had sent him where I gushed about how great she is and that he should date her, send her flowers, and pursue her. What Alex didn't do is show her his response. She asked me what it was. So I told her. She was upset. Poor thing. But it was the final act she needed to finally accept that Alex was not a nice guy. And I had to accept it too. She blocked him on her phone and social media and decided to be done with him forever. I asked her to be on this podcast to share her story. Amanda said she would think about it, but then she went MIA. Either she shut down her Facebook account or maybe she blocked me. Not that she has anything personal against me, but she probably wants to put me in the past with her past and just forget the whole thing. And I don't blame her. I unfriended Alex on Facebook and blocked him on my phone. I don't think he was ever my friend. I don't know if Alex was a nice guy at one time, but then turned bad as a result of rejections. Or maybe he was just always a bad dude and gets off on tricking women into believing that he's a nice guy. Maybe he's just another fucking sociopath. I used to attract a lot of those at one time. I don't anymore. 
my bad attitude about men no longer exists. And it turns out that I didn't need to make friends with nice guys in order to do that. But there are no nice guys, right? I mean, Alex proved that. In the end, I'm not going to allow males like Alex ruin my relationship with men. Luckily, during this whole fiasco, I was dating a really good man, a great man. It didn't work out, but that wasn't because he was bad. Sadly, we just weren't fully compatible. It happens. But Alex isn't a nice guy. And I hope somewhere out there, Amanda is finding closure, healing, and growing. Amanda, if you're listening, because you said you would, you got this, girl. You're going to be okay. And there are no nice guys, but you know what? There are great men. And one day you'll meet one and he'll make you feel important and treat you the way you deserve. Would you like to be a guest on There Are No Nice Guys? Are you a relationship expert or did you write a book? Maybe you have a podcast too. Or are you a single woman with a great story to share? Contact me, please, and let's talk about getting you on this podcast. Go to thereareNoNiceGuys.com and fill out the contact form. I want to know your story. Now back to the podcast. Wasn't that quite a tale? And wasn't it so relatable? The specifics of Amanda's story are hers alone, along with the personal experience behind it. But the story of the newly divorced woman who gets charmed by a man who's just using her for sex is a tale as old as time. Every divorced woman has been there. Amanda's not alone, and I hope she knows that. Ladies, take Amanda's story as a warning. This is harsh, but it needs to be said. There are males who are predators. They prey on naive, vulnerable women. This is why it's important to get healthy and right with yourself before dating, so you can spot them before they spot you. And this is what makes me so disappointed in Alex. I didn't know he was predatory. I didn't know he was the type of person to take advantage of a lonely woman whose heart has recently been through the ringer with a divorce. My friends, there are men like that. Men who are specifically looking for sad, lonely, desperate women. Now, being sad, being lonely, being desperate, these are normal human emotions and states of mind to be in, especially after a divorce or an important breakup. But what you need to accept is that being sad, lonely, and desperate puts a target on your back. Know this and accept this now. There are predatory males looking to use sad, lonely, desperate women. So how do you spot them? What could Amanda have done to prevent Alex from using her? What could I have done to prevent it from happening to me? What can you do? First, I recommend not dating after a divorce or an important breakup. Like not for a very long time. And not until you've been through months and months of therapy. 
you're not in the right frame of mind to profile men. Any man who is charming and seems nice will seem like a viable option to you. And all predators, all users, all manipulators, they all know how to act charming and nice. Two, if soon after your divorce or breakup, a man starts charming you, just go ahead and assume he's only interested in using you. Just go ahead, assume the worst. A good man will give a newly divorced woman space and time. A good man doesn't want to get involved with the hurt woman. A good man can see that she's hurting, that she's wounded, and he doesn't want to get involved with that. If anything, he'll want to be a friend, but that's it. And by friend, I mean no sex. Any man who wants to bang a woman who is clearly hurting from her divorce or breakup is a predator, is a user, is a manipulator. Three, if he tells you, and he will, if he tells you that he's not looking for anything serious, it means that he's only looking to use you. And he wants your permission to do it. He'll feel less of a douchebag if he has your permission. When people tell you who they are, believe them. So when he says, I'm not looking for anything serious, believe him and move on. The pain and misery I felt when I realized the guy I had fallen for right after my divorce was only ever going to use me and never reciprocate the feelings I had for him far outweighed the pain of my divorce. It was probably the same for you too. For some reason, ending it with that guy, that guy after the divorce, that feels worse than the actual divorce or breakup itself. Do you know why? Because you were still healing from the divorce when you got involved with the next guy. You weren't healed. You were broken. And all that guy did was break you even more. Let Amanda's story and my warnings guide all newly divorced women with an earshot. Are you getting divorced? Or did you just complete one? Are you ending a long-term relationship? Don't date. Don't fuck. Don't let some random dude charm your panties off. Go to therapy. Heal. Get your mind straight again. Learn to profile men better than the FBI can. Then when you're healed and you've regained your strength and you're back to being balanced and stable and grounded, you can get back out there again. And you'll be able to control your dating experience and expel the predators and the users because you'll spot them before they can even approach you. And you won't have to go through the experience of a so-called nice guy using you and making you feel worse about yourself than you did before. You won't be like Amanda or me or any of the other women who got used after divorce. Remember, there are no nice guys. If he tells you he's one, run. There are good men, though. Remember that.
but they don't use women. So if you're spending time with a guy who was using you and giving you mixed signals and leaving you feeling confused, he's not good at all. Dump him, move on, take a break from dating and sharpen your ability to profile men by working on yourself and getting some good therapy. Pretty soon you'll be in such great mental shape. No man will ever be able to use you again. Well, I hope that helps you out. And I hope you'll join me next week because I'll be interviewing Amay Lutkin. She is the author of The Lonely Hunter, How Our Search for Love is Broken. We'll talk about her dating experiences, being single, and the stigma associated with being single. See you then. Break, 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 break